as far as the scale, I just say, you know, get, get rid of it. You don't need it. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds like, but you don't need it. And and if it's causing you more stress and anxiety, and it's not serving you, you know, and our weight also fluctuates so much throughout the day. Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there, thank you for joining us this week. I have been looking for an expert in this area for a long time. Probably because I'm getting close to this stage of life. Yes, perimenopause. What exactly is that? And what are the symptoms? Should I be doing anything right now to help make the years of menopause easier for me? Well, today we talk with the expert registered dietitian, Leslie, known as the perimenopause nutritionist. I am so excited to share this episode with you because it's full of good nuggets of information. Leslie helps women improve symptoms holistically and build healthy habits for life. She works with her clients to simplify nutrition and hormones. You will not want to miss this episode. Join us for this conversation. Leslie, it is so great to have you on the show. Will you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am Leslie Widener. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I help women in perimenopause just improve their symptoms uh, holistically and build healthy habits. So, you know, one of the things I talk about all the time and what I really try to help women with is to just simplify um, perimenopause and hormones and what's going on during this phase of life and also simplify all the information out there that seems to be confusing and conflicting on nutrition and, you know, other ways to just, uh, you know, help get us through uh, this time Uh, because nutrition and lifestyle factors can, you know, play a role, um, either positively or negatively. Yes. And last week I just hit 42. So I feel like I'm getting in that age range. What exactly, uh, what age range is perimenopausal classified? Is there, or is there a classification? So, yes. So yes and no. I mean, and let me kind of back for a second. So perimenopause isn't a diagnosis. And I say that because a lot of people, like I, I see people say, oh, I was just diagnosed. It's not a diagnosis. It's a natural part of life as a woman. Um, every woman will go through this uh, at some point. But yeah, there is kind of an age range. So the average age for perimenopause is usually early to mid 40s, but it can start as early as 35. Um, and you know, so, but 42, yeah, I would say that's probably for a lot of people when, like, maybe subtle, you know, to subtle changes. And since, you know, there is, like, like I said, no diagnosis, you, the way you figure out whether you not, whether, whether you are in it or not is just by, 
um, well, hopefully you can sit down with a provider and, you know, they can kind of tell you just based on your symptoms. So if you're having irregular periods, that's usually one of the first uh, signs. Um, and, you know, other things, I mean, hot flashes may or may not happen early on. A lot of times those don't happen until later. Um, but yeah, when you just notice, you know, certain things are off, <laughs> right? then you probably are. Uh, yay. Yay for getting older. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Celebrating that. And I think yeah. one of the biggest things, too, that I know with my best friend and I that we talk about, uh, our clothes are not fitting as they used to. Uh, and that gets yeah. tough. You know, that can set you back within your um, mind frame of your outlook on your body and foods you should have, and, and it can get frustrating. So what would you tell someone with that problem? Yeah, so weight gain is definitely a huge, I don't even want to say problem. Um, again, it's something that's natural that happens to most people, and not just women. I mean, men as well as we age. And as you know, being a dietitian, I mean, a lot of it, it doesn't just have to do with hormones. A lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, as we age, we lose muscle mass. And when that happens, obviously, we don't burn calories as efficiently as we did in our 20s and our 30s. Um, but also, there is, you know, a hormonal component. So with weight gain, uh, a lot of what you probably, what you may notice, I know I've noticed it, a lot of my clients have, is the shift from where we used to carry our fat and the shift to the midsection. And it can be really frustrating. So instead of helping women try to like get rid of it or lose weight, you know, I explain more like talk about why it happens and just being more comfortable uh, in our bodies now um, and, you know, finding clothes to fit our bodies now instead of the other way around trying to, you know, fit into, say, jeans we had 10 years ago. Um, but it doesn't mean, I'm also not saying to just, you know, give up and throw everything out the window. Um, that's when, you know, strength training and making sure you're eating, um, you know, the right foods to nourish your body, enough protein, things like that. I love that. Um, I always kind of not preach, but I always am a huge uh, supporter of getting in even 10 minutes of strength training or flexibility or balance or something kind of work to just keep that muscle mass going. And like you said, as we age, we, it we lose that. So it is so crucial to make those little habits in your day. It is. And something I see a lot is... Uh, especially with some of the clients I've worked with is that they do, you know, exercise pretty regularly, which is great, but they're doing a lot of cardio because that's just what, you know, they've been used to doing. And we still need, you know, some type of cardiovascular activity, um, obviously, but a lot of times what I, I recommend is, you know, maybe uh, cutting back a little bit on that and then adding in some strength training uh, in addition to, you know, whether it's running, if someone likes that, or even walking, you know, really it's about moving our bodies on a regular basis. 
um, every day if possible. This doesn't mean hitting the gym for an hour, but just moving in some way that is enjoyable. You know, so if that's gardening for one person or walking for the other person or yoga, that's great. But I do agree with you. Doing some type of yeah, weight-bearing uh, exercise is important. And important as we age for, you know, obviously not just muscle strength, but bone health. Yes. That's a huge, especially for women too, as we get into this stage of life too, that's very crucial. Very important. Um, I know with myself, every single morning when I wake up, there's always a new ache or pain. And I truly believe that whether it's yoga or a little bit of strength training or core work can even out those imbalances uh, to help you move each and every day. Definitely. Yeah. That, you're not alone. Um, that's a big complaint. I or I don't want to say complaint. That sounds so negative. But yeah, I, yeah. I hear it a lot. And, you know, I suffer from it too. If I sit too long and stand up, I'm so right. achy or it's like it takes me a minute to move. And I still have little kids. So they're looking at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love hearing that. Um, and you know, as we talk about with the muscle mass, there's also, uh, I think a, a big thing here is energy level that can um, also plummet. Well, I know with myself sometimes too, you wake up in the middle of the night and the, the mind gets going and you can't get good sleep. And so what recommendations do you have for improving your energy? Yeah. Oh, that energy is <laughs> yeah, such a huge there's a huge deficit for many of us. And, you know, there's a lot of causes for that. Um, but, you know, not getting enough sleep obviously adds to that. But it can be a vicious cycle because especially if you're having uh, hot flashes or night sweats, that can just also disrupt your sleep or anxiety, which is another symptom that comes on for a lot of women for the first time. Uh, and like you said, just the mind, you know, not being able to slow the mind. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, so if, if you have trouble falling asleep, that's different than if you're like waking up in the middle of the night. So, you know, the first thing I usually do is I look at what is the person's like daily routine and what is their sleep routine? Because if, you know, you're waking up in the morning, exhausted, frazzled, you're grabbing your cup of coffee and you're eating breakfast, maybe two hours later, I mean, trust me, I've been guilty of <laughs> it. Um, and you know, throughout the day you're eating, but you're not really maybe eating the right foods to, you know, keep your energy level up and then, and you're still grabbing the coffee. And then by the end of the day, you just want to crash. Then yes, we work on, (laughs) um, tweaking that. Um, but then there's other things that can help. Uh, magnesium is something that, you know, you probably hear a lot about, or I know I hear a lot about all the time in this space, but so some women find help taking magnesium supplements, um, particularly magnesium glycinate. Uh, there are about 10 different types, but you want to make sure you're, you know, taking the right type and magnesium glycinate can help with, you know, getting some restful sleep. Um, but then I also look at their sleep routine, like their sleep hygiene. And that just means, you know, do you have habits, healthy habits in place uh, that help you get a good night's sleep? Um, Do you go to bed at the same time every night or different times? You know, or are you actually going to sleep in your bed or are you 
<laughs> passing out on the couch watching a show because you're so exhausted. So you know, again, making some small tweaks there, you know, waking up around the same time every day as well uh, can really help whether it's a Monday or a Saturday, you know, just kind of some of these common sense things, but they can make a huge difference. Oh, and one other thing too is trying to get, um, I know it's hard depending on where you live, but trying to get uh, sunshine first thing in the morning, you know, even if that's just walking the dog for 10 minutes. Uh, and then also before sunset, I've heard that that can help as well. And this just kind of helps with our circadian rhythms. I love hearing that. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and it was a science. These scientists were talking about sleep. And this scientist said, sleep is the foundation of our health. Like the question was, should I exercise or should I work out if I'm tired? And his whole thing was you need to build your base around getting good sleep and kind of sitting in those habits exactly like what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's good. Cause you know, it's hard when you hear, okay, you need to eat right. You need to sleep well, you need to manage stress, you need to exercise. Like, ah, what am I going to fit all this in? But you know, when I'm working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, I make sure that we're focusing on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And usually, yeah, sleep does kind of trump, exercise if they're not like currently exercising like well we kind of need to get your sleep on track first so you do have the energy um but yeah it's like focusing on as you know being a dietitian focusing on one thing at a time yes now you mentioned magnesium can you tell everyone some food sources that are high in magnesium Yes, yeah, so one of my favorite are, is pumpkin seeds um they're a really good source of magnesium and, you know, generally uh, whole grains. And I know, I mean, a lot of women don't necessarily eat either the pumpkin seeds or some of these whole grains, um, mainly because of the fear of carbs, you know, I know. And just, you know, eating a very diet. Um, but so I really try to recommend and help people add some of these foods in that they're not already eating. <laughs> I know. I see you shaking your head. I love putting those dots together because something that if we think that we need to lose weight, the first thing to cut out are carbs and sh carbs. And we forget that we are losing a ton of nutrients in those carbs, which are which are depleting our energy and carbs give us energy as the helpful nutrient with magnesium. Um, it's kind of like the aha moment of, oh, shoot. It's back in the 80s of when we thought fat was bad, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. Sometimes I wish that would come back because I'm just so tired of carbs being the enemy, but then I don't want anything to be the enemy. So, oh, that's right. I oh, my gosh. That. That's so funny. Um, you have yeah. a wonderful reel about three facts about peri perimenopausal you did not know. Could you brush over that, please, for us? Yeah. So, um, the first one I already touched on earlier, but perimenopause is not a diagnosis and yeah, it's not, it's just a normal part of life, but because it's not talked about, uh, most of the time your doctor is not going to mention it. And what's really frustrating is, uh, what I see happening a lot is if you go into your doctor and you say, you know, I'm having irregular periods, um, I'm having some of these other changes like sleep disturbances, mood swings. And, you know, I talked to my friend and, you know, we think it might be perimenopause. 
guess what they say most of the time? Oh, no, you're way too young. Because <laughs> they are thinking menopause, which, yes, menopause, the average age for actual menopause is 51. Um, but perimenopause is this whole, you know, it never used to be talked about. And thank goodness it's being talked about now. But it's this period in between. And it can last anywhere from four to 10 years. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, a lot of doctors, especially in conventional medicine, aren't really trained in this area, except for, you know, offering some solutions like HRT or, which is, sorry, hormone replacement therapy um, and, you know, anxiety medication. And these things can be helpful, but it's not helpful to say that to a woman and then, you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to want to come back. <laughs> and then they're just going to feel even more frustrated. Um, so the second one is there's no test to tell if, it, if you're in perimenopause. And so sometimes the doctor will say, okay, I'll take your blood work. And they'll check something usually called FSH, just follicle stimulating hormone. And what that mainly measures is how close you are to actual menopause, which is one day. A lot of people don't know that. Menopause just marks 12 consecutive months from not having a period. So then any time after that is postmenopausal. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? And we weren't taught any of the of these things. Um, so, yeah, there's no test, but the best way to know is just to get a thorough evaluation uh, of your symptoms, and then you can go from there on finding, you know, treatment options. Um, and, you know, it's fine to have, to, to try things that are both, you know, holistic and natural, uh, like, you know, eating well, you know, moving your body, all those things we talked about. But also, if you need, you know, if someone needs HRT, there's no shame in that either. Um, it really just depends. And then the third one was, yeah, like probably my favorite. <laughs> is not a time to start a new trendy diet. And the reason I put that in there is because, you know, this is not the time to try to, you know, cut carbs or... Even, you know, try intermittent fasting. I mean, I know there's going to be people out there that disagree with me, uh, and that's fine. But I do not, I'm a, a non-diet dietitian. I do not recommend um, any form of restriction, whether that's restricted, you know, eating windows or restricting uh, certain food groups. I just don't recommend that. And it's mainly because, you know, we, we talk about with energy, the last thing you want to do is, you know, cut carbs, for instance, that give us energy or like you just don't want to put your body through that stress. I mean, I think diets put a lot of stress on not just our bodies, but our minds. So why not, you know, think about what foods you can add in, um, add back to give you some of that energy? Because if we're being honest, I mean, mo most people, you know, they might think, we might think we're eating pretty well, but we could all, even myself, we could all add, you know, probably more fruits and veggies or more things, um, you know, and, but not stress over it either. Right. Like be realistic. And I mean, there's no perfect diet. There's no perfect way of eating. I say that all the time. 
So true. It's so good to hear you say that, um, to just keep on repeating that message to the public and to this age group, because this is the time where we get really frustrated with how we fit in our clothes or if we jump on the scale and that's not what we were in our 20s. (laughs) And you know what? You just have to just have to embrace it, right? You just have to keep on going. Or what would you tell someone that would have a poor body image when they do step on the scale? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's obviously not something that you can just convince someone to do or to change, you know, their mindset overnight, especially if it's someone that, you know, sadly does have a very um, disordered relationship with food or their body. Um, But I really try to help work, you know, help them work through it. And as far as the scale, I just say, you know, get get rid of it. You don't need it. I mean, I know it sounds like, but you don't need it. And and if it's causing you more stress and anxiety and it's not serving you, you know, and our weight, I think I did a post on this, our weight also fluctuates so much throughout the day and even, you know, weekly or even, you know, by if you're still having somewhat, I'll say semi-regular periods during this time it's going to fluctuate then, you know, and there's so many other, there's so many reasons other than, you know, if if it, if you wake up or you wake up one morning and then the end of the day, you're five pounds heavier, that's not five pounds of fat. It's, you know, probably water weight, could be hormones, could be so many different things. Right. Um, On social media, we hear a lot of, uh, like you say, BS on your profile on your Instagram profile, you do have allergic to BS, which I thought was so hilarious. Um, One of your posts, you uh, point out and talk about gluten. Um, Tell us more about that. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't remember what inspired me to do that. It was probably something I saw, but you know, there's so many myths going around. It might've been from either my Facebook group or somebody else's, but you know, we hear like gluten is the enemy. And if you ask someone what gluten is, most of the time they don't even know. <laughs> and it's like, no, I understand there's people with celiac disease that obviously they do need to avoid it. And then there are some people with, you know, uh, a gluten sensitivity. sensitivity. Uh, and yes, yeah, those people should avoid it. But if you don't fit one of those, then I really don't think. You need to avoid it. Now, I know there's going to be people out there to say, oh, but I have, you know, Hashimoto's or some other, you know, condition. Okay. If you know that removing gluten helps you and, um, you know, or if eating it causes inflammation in your body, you know that. You will personally know that. But for the majority of people, there's no reason to cut it out. And I think I was just using gluten as an example that day. But it's like anything. I mean, I hear dairy. Oh, I can't eat dairy because it's inflammatory. I bet most of the research, or pretty much I think all the research out there <laughs> shows the opposite. Um, you know, and I will also say, so one thing that happened to me a few years ago and is, is also common, um, not really because of perimenopause, but just, you know, as we age, um, I became lactose intolerant. I think I always had you know some issues um with it but it's gotten to the point where you know no (laughs) like i even the lactose-free milk like that doesn't work 
And so even for me, that was, you know, a big change because dairy was such a big part of my diet. And so I don't understand why someone would cut something out unnecessarily because it's hard. I think it's hard, you know, it's so much easier when you don't have to worry about it. So, and also it's just, again, because I wanted to, you know, another goal of mine is just to normalize eating and food and, and not fear uh, these certain ingredients for no reason. Yes. Any other misinformation that's out there uh, related to food? And I'm sure there's a lot, but I love that Where we hit I- on the gluten <laughs> and the dairy. Um, and those are the two big ones. Those and just yeah, like carbs, carbs in general. Yes. yes. Oh, carbs, carbs. <laughs> um, well, yes. It's- and, you know, and it's not, I think someone listening to this that maybe, you know, isn't a dietitian or isn't in the field of nutrition, I'd say, okay, I understand, like, if when they say carbs, they're thinking of, like, white bread and donuts and pastries and yeah yes again i those foods should be should be enjoyed probably not every single day every single minute so i'm not saying that oh just go ahead and eat those whenever you want i'm talking about you know there's no reason to you know fear those foods eat, eat them you know you can put those in but i'm talking about i mean most most foods are do have carbohydrates fruits veggies beans, legumes, you know, and cutting out bread or pastas, like whole grain breads and whole grain pastas offer so many important nutrients, you know, magnesium, whole grains, um, a lot of B vitamins, you know, so there's nothing wrong with eating those. Cause again, the more you, the more you limit what you eat, I feel like the harder it is to, you know, feel better because again, you're eliminating a bunch of nutrients and and you're just making it harder on yourself, you know, for no reason. Because it's hard enough figuring out what am I going to eat? You know, what am I going to eat today? And if you're cutting out like, well, I can't have oatmeal. Oh yeah. That's another big thing. Um, oatmeal is villainized sometimes. <laughs> oh, because it raises blood sugar. Well, if that's all you're, if you're diabetic and you're eating oatmeal and nothing else, well, it probably is going to, but most likely, hopefully you're eating other things with it. Right. (laughs) And there's so many times where we don't get enough nutrients. Why are we eliminating certain powerful food groups that contain all those nutrients? Because we know food gives us, we absorb nutrients best from food. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I guess another thing that um, I get asked about a lot, and it sort of goes along with food, is, well, what supplements can I take? It's funny how people will just want to to know. They just, they really think that, you know, these supplements, something in a bottle is going to make a huge difference. And it's like, well, why are you going to that first and not food first? (laughs) Um, because yeah, I mean, supplements, like I talked about magnesium earlier can help, um, you know, fish oil supplements. I usually wind up recommending those and I even take one myself because I, you know, again, as you know, being a dietitian, um, unless you can eat fish just about every day, you know, it is hard to get 
those, but I, I still am a huge proponent of getting most of your nutrients from food first because it is going to be absorbed in your body the best. Yes. It's a good insurance policy, you know, that, yeah. that backup. But uh, yes, the, the food is where it comes from. Any, exactly. Any other um, takeaways for someone um, into this perimenopausal stage of life? I think you have to take one day at a time and remember at the end of the day, you know your body best. um, So you really have to be your own advocate. But at the same time, you also have to know, you have to be able to kind of weed out some of the um, misinformation and bad information. So if it sounds too good to be true, Guess what? It probably is too good to be true. Um, and that's one thing that really irks me and why I will, you know, call out the BS as I see it. It's because, you know, women, uh, especially, you know, in our 40s and 50s, it's like we almost become preyed upon, you know, because everything is like, oh, you have to, you know, look younger, feel younger. You know, I, you know, youth is where it's at. Right. And no, I mean, I don't like that message. I, I feel like we need to embrace who we're becoming. And yeah, there are good things about youth. I mean, I've noticed how dry my skin is now and it's really irritating. <laughs> but I'm so glad I'm not in my 20s anymore. You know, I'm like, I, I'm so I guess that's another message. Love yourself and love who the woman you're becoming and how much and you know, there's, you have so much to look forward to. Yes, I love hearing that. That is such a great message. <laughs> um, and why isn't there a tagline for women getting older? Like, you know, when men get older, like they start turning gray. The term is like a silver fox. Where's right. where's the female version of that? <laughs> I don't know. And it drives me, oh, it drives me crazy. And I, saw, I don't know if it was a meme or, or something, but it was crazy. It was comparing... I think the Golden Girls, you know, love that song. And then maybe Sex and the City. I mean, again, I, I enjoyed that show as well, but it just shows you how youth-obsessed we become. And I don't think it was like that before because the ages, like, one of, um, who was it? Blair? She wasn't, she was still in her 50s, I think. I know. And so it was showing, like, 50 back then to, you know, 50 today. And I think of, like... Lopez and oh my gosh I mean, yes <gasps> yeah I mean that that's just these unattainable you know unrealistic yes a hundred percent and I, I also want to teach my girls and my 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 kids even my son that too you know I don't have to go get lip fillers or or look a certain way you know it's it's um, taking on the age in a new light. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Embracing yeah. embracing the new normal. Right. <laughs> oh. Leslie, where can people connect with you? Sure. Well, I am on Instagram uh, at the perimenopause underscore nutritionist. And I also have a private Facebook group. Um, it is, I don't know if you put links in there, yeah. but it yep. is Perimenopause, Nutrition and Wellness, 35 plus. 
Uh, so I'm active, pretty active on both platforms. Um, and then they can also email me. Um, but I do, you know, offer one-to-one coaching sessions uh, is my main service that I offer right now where, you know, I, again, I help women just improve their symptoms and feel so they can feel better and build healthy habits. Again, no BS, no, uh, uh, you don't have to buy a bunch of expensive supplements. It's just like back to basics. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of women need that extra support and extra accountability. And, and um, so that's what I provide. And also just, you know, someone that, can, that also understands what they're going through. Cause, I mean, I'm 46. So <laughs> I'm... <laughs> in the midst of the chaos as well. Right. Uh, You are a wealth of knowledge and just a great sounding board to really wrap our head around this age frame. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I love talking about it because I feel like the more we talk about it, the more we can normalize it, uh, especially in today's society. And, you know, I look at when, like, my mom was growing up, no one ever talked about it. And so who do we have to look for? You know, because our parents weren't, our moms weren't talking about it. Uh, So, yeah, I think the more we can start the conversation, the more we can normalize that we're just doing younger generations, you know, we're helping them out as well. Yes. I will link all your information into the show notes, the Facebook group, the Instagram. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I loved connecting with Leslie and be sure to go follow her because her posts, reels, and information she shares, they're not only entertaining, but it's solid information to help you let go of all the misinformation out there. (laughs) I enjoyed learning so much about this stage of life and you know what? Let's keep on learning. So thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.